Christian Parenting. Welcome to the Bible for Kids podcast with your hosts, author Sarah Humphrey and author and co-creator of VeggieTales, Mike Naraki. If instilling biblical values in kids is important to you, this podcast will give you the resources, wisdom, and hope to do just that. Now, let's join our hosts, Sarah and Mike, for this week's episode. Welcome back to the Bible for Kids podcast. I'm Sarah Humphrey. And I'm Mike Naraki. Today, Sarah and I have the honor to talk with Eliza Huey, author of Count Yourself Calm. But before we do that, as always, we like to start every Bible for Kids podcast with the Bible verse. Sarah? For everything, there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. That's Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. And a time to talk with Eliza Huey. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have that in there. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) So um, Eliza Huey is a counselor, author, speaker, and trainer committed to providing care and resources for the whole person. Trained both biblically and clinically, she understands the complexities people face in their spiritual, emotional, and physical lives. Eliza is the director of counseling at McLean Bible Church located in the Washington, D.C. metro area. She is the Dean of Biblical Counseling for Metro Baltimore Seminary in Maryland. She's a contributing writer for the Biblical Counseling Coalition, the Journal of Biblical Counseling, the Gospel Coalition, and is the author of The Whole Life, 52 Weeks of Biblical Self-Care, Raising Teens in a Hypersexualized World, Raising Kids in a Screen-Saturated World, Raising Emotionally Healthy Kids, and How to Get the Most Out of Your Counseling. Helping people experience God's redeeming grace through the hope of the gospel is her motivation for counseling. Welcome, Eliza. What a wonderful bio. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be able to talk with you guys today and share some of this resource with your families who listen. Well, that's great. It's such an honor to have you here. You know, just your the experience that you bring and the, you know, what you've written about is just so, uh, so needed. And uh, could you uh, maybe before we get started with that, maybe take a moment to just talk about a little bit about your a little bit more about yourself and what you do and how you came to 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 be what you are. (laughs) Absolutely. So my husband and I, we live in the Northern Virginia area and we have three grown children and we have a daughter-in-law. So we gained a child through marriage who we just love, but we homeschooled our children. So we are familiar with kind of that homeschool life. And that was pretty much my focus as my kids were growing. And then as they got a little bit older, I did go back to school and that's where you see some of the training that I I ended up 
focusing in. And I still just have a heart for families and for children. Obviously, my focus is in counseling. And so I have the training in the clinical world, but I also have that training in the biblical world. And so I'm trying to bring resources to families to be able to actually address some of the things that kids are dealing with, because I will be completely honest, my kids are all grown. I'm an empty nester now. And I feel for families and the things that their children are children are facing in this day and age. And so I want to be able to provide biblical help to families right where it's relevant, right where they're dealing with uh, whatever it is they're dealing with. Wow. And I really resonate with that. We we are we are on the verge. Both of our kids are almost out of college. So I don't know if it counts if we're empty nester. Our daughter's living with us while she finishes up college. So I'm with you there. I, mm-hmm. you know, I see what's going on and I I teach at the college level. So I see um, you know, what students are dealing with today. Yeah. And, you know, I think, wow, you know, what a different age to parent than it For was sure. just, you know, 10, 20 years ago. It's, 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 you know, the world is changing so fast. So we yes. really appreciate that, that insight. Mm-hmm. And you've got so many great resources. That's why I wanted to make sure in your bio, all of our listeners could hear <laughs> your different books because you've got, I mean, pretty much every age range covered in there. So mm-hmm. that's super helpful. Today, we're going to talk about your book, Count Yourself Calm. Could you tell us a little bit about this latest book and maybe sure. why you created it specifically? So I'm very excited about this book because it's stepping into an area that I haven't written for before, and it is a children's book. So I wrote it basically because I work with families sometimes who will be coming in and parents who are feeling like, hey, my child is dealing with a lot of difficulty with their emotions. I don't know what to do when they're kind of emotionally, the word we use in the clinical world is dysregulated. They they just seem to, they're, oftentimes their emotions don't match the circumstance that they are experiencing. And they're concerned and they're worried and they don't know how to really address that. And so there's a lot of things in the secular world. There are so many resources on how to help children navigate emotions and stuff, but there's not as many that actually tie uh, God and God's word into how to manage emotions and how to like cope with different emotional struggles. And so I decided to uh, write a book that would actually help children and parents at the same time. So it's really written to children around age, I would say like four to eight, somewhere in that age range. And uh, it's about a, it's a story about a child who does struggle dealing with their emotions, but it actually gives some immediate practical help. So as the child is reading the story, they actually learn how to manage their emotions and how to calm down when things are just distressing for them. And so so it's both going to help the, the child as they read it, but it will help the parents because it gives you some handles to hold the next time your child is emotionally upset and you just really don't know how to help them calm down. Yeah. And, and can you maybe go through some of those methods that you've used Absolutely. to, you know, in, in helping uh, calm children down? Sure. So this particular resource is an an adaptation from what we would call a grounding exercise in the clinical world, which is basically just getting you back to a kind of a stable place. And the original exercise uses the five senses, your sense of of smell, sight, touch, feel, taste, and so forth, just to kind of like give your brain an emotional break when you are emotionally upset, when you're dysregulated. But what I've done is I've kind of combined a few things. So I bring in some breathing, some breathing exercises 
exercises, but not just like, let's take a deep breath, but actually kind of making it fun for the child with kind of imagining um, a balloon as you breathe and, and helping the child actually get in touch with how to take some good deep breaths. And then I also add prayer with that. And, and the prayer that I, I add is just praying scripture. So mm. taking a deep breath in with one part of the scripture and then exhaling with another part of the scripture, which is something that moms and dads really should learn to do as well. Yeah. Um, and so those are sort of the, like the starting point is just like helping them see that we just kind of slow down, take a breath, but take a breath with your mind focused on God's word. So I use a couple of scriptures. I give um, examples in the book of what parents can use. And then we just move right into the five different steps. So that's kind of a, a gist of it to kind of give you an idea. Okay. Well, great. Well, Wow, this is time is really flying. We're gonna we're gonna go ahead and take a, a short break and we'll be right back on the Bible for Kids podcast. Parenting is the greatest role in the world and it's also the hardest. It's rewarding, challenging, heartwarming, and exhausting. Sometimes it can even be confusing. That's why Christian Parenting is hosting their fifth annual perfectly imperfect digital event called Every Parent Wants to Know. They have some really great friends and experts who are sharing their insight, experience, and wisdom to give you the answers to the questions we are all asking. Join us on April 14th for Every Parent Wants to Know, where we will hear more from a host of speakers on character, faith in your home, grand parenting, tough topics, and more. Through March 12th, Christian Parenting is offering an early bird discount. Each ticket is only $29 and you get access through the end of the year. Visit perfectlyimperfect.org to check out the speakers and learn more. Get your ticket today. When culture is constantly pulling teens away from Christian values, let the parent guide to finding true identity spark an ongoing conversation about finding your true identity in Christ. From Axis, the leaders on cultivating healthy and biblically grounded conversations with teens, come five parenting guides on the topics of teen identity, LGBTQ+, body positivity, eating disorders, and fear and worry. Grab your guides today or any of the parent guides to social media and start an open, ongoing conversation with your child that will impact their tomorrow. Welcome back to the Bible for Kids podcast, and Sarah and I are speaking with Eliza Huey. Well, Eliza's been sharing with us some great practical tips for calming um, children. And we wanted to ask a couple questions about kids and their emotions. What are some, sometimes I know for kids, they'll cry or have a temper tantrum, but there's always something deeper at that level. Mm -hmm. Do you have some good questions that we can ask kids specifically about their emotions so they can maybe give us a clearer picture of what's going on? Yeah, sure. And that's, that's so helpful just to have a few questions. I won't give you a ton, but I'll give parents a few that they can kind of think about. So honestly, the, one of the best things that you can do is give your child some words for the emotions that they are feeling. So if you sense it, so a lot of times we can see on the child's face or maybe in their actions, maybe their shoulders are slumped or something like that. Look at the body language and ask your child, are you feeling, and then give them that. That's why emotion wheels are so helpful. And at the end of this book, we actually provide an emotion wheel that parents can use because sometimes kids don't actually have the words. So I would just encourage parents, look at what you're seeing and say, are 
are you feeling whatever, sad? Are you feeling angry? Are you feeling worried? And ask it as a, a question. Don't assume it. So we don't want to say is you're feeling sad. We want to ask them that question and let them say, yes, that's what I'm feeling or no, that's not what I'm feeling. The other thing you can simply ask, and this is where I think it's really important for parents to kind of get a better, to become better in tune with their child's emotions is to be able to say, when they identify the emotion, okay, so they say, yeah, I am feeling sad. When you're feeling sad, how does your body know that you're feeling sad? And that might feel like a kind of a strange question, but we feel it in our bodies. Mm, right. Whenever we're excited, yeah. whenever we're happy, whenever we're sad, when we're angry, we feel it in our bodies. And what you're doing there is you're helping the child kind of grow their understanding, this self-awareness of what happens to me when I'm feeling fill in the blank. And so helping them just by asking that simple question of when you feel sad or when you feel happy, where does your body tell you that? And it's really interesting what kids will tell you because they will, they will have an answer for it. And it just I'm might be so honest. Out. Yes. Yeah. They are. Well, yeah, you know. <laughs> well, having worked in animation for so long, that's so true. I mean, the physicality of emotions, yes. you know, is, is, is there, and it's not just, okay. It's not just, you know, the way you inflect your voice or the words you say, it affects yeah your posture and, and, and everything. And so you can, you can actually, you know, animate a character, you know, kind of, you know, yeah. hunched over and withdrawn and, you know, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm feeling that just from, from their physicality. I think that's such an important thing to realize that, yeah, that these emotions yeah. live in our body. And, and um, when you, with this book that we're talking about, one of the things that the illustrator did so well is exactly that. Like some, sometimes yeah. there's words that are describing the emotion and other times yeah. you can see it in the child as well. Oh yeah. That's great. And, and can you tell us how, uh, uh, can we help children process their emotions in a, in a God honoring way? Is is there a verbiage that you would recommend avoiding mm. when engaging children with their emotions? So there are some things that I would say just be, use sparingly, and that would be the really the question: Why? Why are you feeling this way? Why did you act that way? Or why did you respond that way? Because I will mm. tell you, most of the time, kids are going to say. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. don't know Most adults will say that too. Right. <laughs> exactly. So any statement that starts with a why can be turned into uh -huh. a how or what kind of a statement, you know, where or a question where you're basically saying, you know, what made you feel like the best thing to do was to hit your sister or something, or what made you <laughs> yeah, feel like yeah, yeah. you had to run to your room right then, you know? And so yeah. just turning those why questions and avoiding those why questions simply because, I mean, if anytime you're asked a why question as an adult, it puts mm -hmm. you on the defense. It makes you right. feel like I have to defend my actions or my feelings even. And yeah. so avoiding those why questions and just taking the same question and turning it into a how or a what is a real easy way um, for parents to kind of move into those those conversations in a way that actually opens the child up more. And as far as, you know, God honoring, how do I help my child respond emotionally in a way that's God honoring? That's really the heart of this book. Every page has a verse on it that kind of helps the child reorient to the Lord. And I would say just as a parent, one of the things that I felt was so important in raising my children was to not just tell them the word of God, but bring the word of God into their circumstances so yeah. that God's word becomes relevant when they're feeling anxious, when they're feeling worried, when they're feeling happy, even we want to remember those positive emotions as well and bringing scripture in. And that's what this book really helps parents do. That's wonderful. And yeah. you, you mentioned, you mentioned the, the, the why language. And I would, I would also, you know, think about 
you know, it's kind of what I tend to do too. It's like, oh, you don't need to, you know, you don't need to react that way or, you know, just sort of negating the emotion in the first place. I'm sure, I'm sure that's another issue. Just saying, look, we've got to, you know, honor that you are feeling something here. And, you know, what, 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 what does this feeling point toward? Absolutely. Dismissing emotions just because you don't think it's the right emotion at the moment actually shuts the child down. Mm -hmm. And so you want to be able to kind of like help them explore what's going on to get curious. I always tell people, if you see something that is not normal, a behavior, an action, maybe even something they say, then get curious, ask some questions about it. That's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so good. Speaking of that, we might have some listeners who are, you know, listening to our conversation and wondering, okay, well, what is maybe normal or typical behavior of a child who's four to eight years old? And what are maybe some signs that Mm -hmm. a child might need professional care or therapy? Um, Could you help maybe explain what you would suggest for a four to eight year old who might be dealing with some of these emotions? That's a great question. I think the thing that um, I found as like, like I said, you know, our children are grown Thinking about counseling or therapy for a four to eight-year-old child when I was raising children seemed so foreign, but it is just not now. And we have incredible people who are trained in play therapy and different things like that, that you can actually find really good counseling for your your child and really good Christian counseling or biblical counseling as well. But I would say if you're a parent and you're, you're asking that question, you're already probably seeing some things that are concerning to you because you're asking the question. So a couple of things I would say say is, first of all, talk to other people who know your child. So the child's teacher, whether that's their Sunday school teacher or their school teacher, or maybe it's a coach and bounce these questions off of them. Say, you know, just find out, are they seeing the same things you're seeing? And because sometimes a child can be one way with a parent, as we all know, and a very different way with other people. And so it may actually just be a, a something that you're working out with parenting and so forth. But ask other people who know the child, look for things that are concerning behavioral changes. Behavioral changes, not necessarily the child is being naughty. I don't want people to only think that, but actually things where they're maybe withdrawing from certain things that they normally would like. Maybe they would engage in certain play or with other playmates that they're just not as interested in. Or you're seeing that the struggle that the child is facing is impacting all of their life. Those are some things that you really want to be asking yourself. But but I would say, you know, as you think about that, we really want to understand that children are going to be emotional, but when it begins to raise extra concern, both with you and others around them, others who are who are a part of their life, that's a good time to be able to ask, you know, maybe I do need to interview a counselor. And parents, I would say, if you are thinking about this, interview that counselor first. It's perfectly normal. Counselors know that and they actually welcome that because they see that you're a proactive parent. And if you're unsure where to go, talk to those people who work with children or your pastor or a trusted friend who maybe has has had counseling for their child. Getting those kind of referrals is really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. You brought up interviewing or or talking to others, you know, kind of around your, your child's orbit. I recall now with my children being older, that, that sort of changes over time. You know, I I think of my teenage kids, you know, when I'm worried about them, uh, oh, they're withdrawn. They're not talking to me. And then going out and talking to their teacher, it's like, 
he's the most gregarious, polite, happy kid. I was like, are we talking about the same? <laughs> are we talking about the exactly. same person here? Because there comes a time when they start to kind of pull away from their parents, you know, and exactly. they're, they're a little more, exactly. you know, outgoing otherwise. So one, one thing I would say to Mike is that it is important for parents to understand that if the child has recently gone through something significant, a change in a family dynamic or a loss, or maybe something traumatic, one of the things that I have found adults often will do mm-hmm. is simply say, oh, kids are resilient. They're going to be fine. And you know what? They are resilient, but that doesn't mean they are not processing things and they're not thinking about things and they're not carrying these things. So that's one, one answer right there to that question is, is does my child need counseling? Well, have they gone through something traumatic or life-changing or pretty distressing? We don't want to undermine that just because they're little, they're fine and they don't know. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And think about our own childhoods, like what are those things that, you know, we don't even realize ourselves that, you know, were were damaging to us and had they been handled differently, you know, what difference would that that have made in our lives? Absolutely. Um, So there's a lot of advice on how to help children regulate their emotions in, in both Christian and secular sources. How do you suggest we discern what is helpful and godly and what is not? Ooh, that's a big question. So What I will say is that secular psychology is not neutral. And I say that as somebody who is trained in the clinical world. So I have, I carry a license in a clinical world, but what I will say to that is they are not neutral. So we do want to go into that knowing that their foundations are going to be uh, humanistic and naturalistic. So person-centered and Mm -hmm. the cause of of struggle as well as the cause of healing is going to be in the natural world where we as believers recognize that God is the one who needs to be at the center of everything we do. And he is the one who can bring healing and help in supernatural ways and in natural ways. So oftentimes we are going to benefit from those clinical methods or, or trained people who are experts in the field. But other times you're going to have to just be cautious and say, okay, is this going to be a a situation that's going to be able to align with my faith? And can I work with that counselor in a way that helps them see that our faith is something that is very important to our family. And so we want them to respect that if, if you end up needing to work with somebody in the clinical fields. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, uh, that's so important. You know, I think, you know, and it comes down to worldview. How do you, how do yep. you, how do you see yourself in in the world? How do you see God's yeah. relationship to us? Uh, and that can drive so many of our choices and decisions. And obviously that's going to, you know, that's going to differentiate between, you know, somebody yeah. who holds that worldview and somebody who does not have yeah. a biblical worldview. Yep. So, so it's important. Well, it's time for another break. So we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back on the Bible for kids podcast. The Architect. Is truth worth finding out? Join Charlie on a captivating allegorical adventure as she uncovers a deception full of superheroes, surveillance, a motley crew of characters, and a disappearing population. The Architect, a middle-grade debut novel by family ministry leader Jonathan Starrett, is beautifully woven with suspense, humor, intrigue, teamwork, faith, and unlikely heroes. Young readers will not be able to put it down. Pre-order your copy today. Jesus loves you, makes you strong. In him, you're brave and you belong. From New York Times bestselling author Anne Voskamp comes Your Brave Song, a lyrical picture book that inspires children to see that they are chosen and loved by God and that his love can make them brave no matter what comes. Brought to life with exquisite acrylic artwork by illustrator Amy Grimes, 
The heartfelt text encourages children to share God's love with others. Bravery in Jesus is contagious and world-changing. Pre-order your copy today. Welcome back to the Bible for Kids podcast. Sarah and I are speaking with Eliza Huey. Well, Eliza's been sharing with us so much great information about how to talk with our kids about their emotions and even as adults, how we can learn how to foster our emotional health too. Our next question for you is actually about that. We want to know how adults can model a healthy relationship with their emotions to their kids. I know as homeschool mom, you probably experienced this through all your years of homeschooling. My kids are constantly watching me and my husband oh, yeah. works from home now too. So they're watching him at all hours of the day. So we've really been pressing into this the last couple of years since COVID, you know, because yeah. we're all in the house together of, well, they're not going to do what we're not doing, right? Mm. <laughs> you know? So what are, do you have some practical tips for our listeners about how they could model just this emotional, healthy state for their kids? Absolutely. Yeah. That's one of the things. So I wrote a book called Raising Kids in a Screen-Saturated World. And one of the things that I talk about in there is that if you want your children to have a good relationship or a healthy relationship with screens, you need to model that digital discipline yourself. And so I think you're touching on a very important reality. One thing that I often will tell parents is one of the best things that you can give to your child is an emotionally healthy parent. Now that doesn't mean that you have no struggles. I don't want people to hear like, oh my goodness, but I'm going through all this. And so am I ruining my child? No, you are not. Actually, if you are going through something difficult, it's perfectly okay. And it can actually be an opportunity for you to show your child that emotions are something that we have. We've been given them by God. And these are some ways that we express them. And these are some ways that they, they help us experience life differently. I think one of the things that, you know, I just want to emphasize is, is just to, to make sure you as a parent are emotionally healthy. And so that, that's, that includes a lot of things. Like, do you recognize your own limits and your capacity? And do you recognize that when you meet those, that it's not failing when you need to ask for help or when you need to take a break? Those are ways that we actually model for our children emotional health. Other ways are how do you handle comparison? Like, do you take comparison and say, okay, that's not where I'm at, but praise God, that's where they are, you know, or do we look at it and and use it as a, a defeating kind of reality in our life where we just feel defeated. So different ways, um, a couple others, actually, that now that I'm thinking about it, one of the ways that parents can model emotional health is by prioritizing time with the Lord. And that is not something that we just tack on because we're on a Christian podcast. That is absolutely essential to your emotional health that we are spiritual beings but we're we are embodied souls and so that means we live out embodied faith and so we need to recognize that we need time with the lord in order to be emotionally healthy as well god created us as a whole person so those are just some yeah. ways that parents can be thinking about about that that's so good. I was going to tack on one more for, yeah. I mean, for my own personal experience of apologizing when mm-hmm. I make mistakes, you know, like I've thought about that over time and just being concerned, you know, wanting to make sure our connection is always okay in the sense that they mm-hmm. know that when I've done something wrong, that it's not just that they have to, you know, obey, but that we have a relationship and I'll do things that are wrong. Their dad will do things that are wrong. And so there are times where I, I do have to apologize. Right. And then to, for them to see that I'm not perfect either. I'm just a person, you know, yeah. as well. And exactly. that's for any, you know, I think any parent, because we're all going to 
you know, make mistakes. Yep. And making a mistake does not mean you're a bad parent. It means mm-hmm. you're a human you're, being. Yeah. <laughs> a, a regular exactly. means you're a regular parent. You're <laughs> yeah. a regular exactly. parent. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And obviously there are, there are elements of discipleship here too, right? Mm-hmm. As you're raising your, your child in the way that yeah. they should go. How can grownups disciple children through conversations about emotion? I would say the, the thing that parents need to think about is as we are raising children to be emotionally healthy and we're working through the different emotions that kids have to never disconnect it from the Lord. And that doesn't mean that you have to bring up God in every conversation because that can almost be you know, sometimes it can almost feel like, okay, I can't be an emotion. I can't be emotional or else here comes a, here comes a lesson from the Bible <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Like the answer to every Sunday school question. Exactly. Could, Jesus. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say that, you know, one of the things that is important is for children to see that you are going to the Lord, like, like we've already sort of touched on, are mm-hmm. you bringing the Lord into into these conversations in a natural way, not in a way that feels like now here's a lecture that we get to hear, but in a natural way where you can actually say, you know what, sweetie, when I feel anxious, these are the things that God has helped me with. These are the ways that God has encouraged me, or this is what I remember about who the Lord is, or Jesus has been my help in this moment through. And one of the things I tell parents often, and this is actually more for older kids, is don't miss opportunities to share how God has worked in your life through your struggles as a younger person. So especially for teens, if if you were a Christian as a teenager, or even if you weren't, if you began to, you know, if you became saved later in life, like be able to look back and see how God used certain things in your childhood or in your, in your teen years and share that with your children. Sometimes I think parents can be like, oh, I don't want them to think that, you know, I did this. And so therefore maybe they can or whatever, but it's just being honest with your children about what it looks like to grow as a person and to grow as a Christian. And that really is some of the best kind of discipleship is just to kind of walk alongside them and share your own stories of struggle and your own stories of faith as you've struggled. Yeah. And have that, have that be, you know, yeah, not, not just from a, from a, a lecture standpoint to say, okay, this, that, and the other, but you're, you're embodying that you're embodying that faith and that worldview through your actions. And, and, you know, they see that that is something that, that they're attracted to. They want, they want to have as well. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, are there any other parenting resources that you can recommend um, Hmm. for us on this topic that we could use down the line as we're all navigating all these big emotions with our kids? Sure. I mean, there are, there are some really good resources out there. I recommend a lot of, like, if you're looking for a resource for parents, this isn't necessarily for children, but there's a couple of resources. Julie Lowe from the Christian Counseling and Educational Foundation, she she writes books for parents and helpers. So if you're not a parent, but you're a helper or you work with kids in some ways, there, there she has resources. Building Bridges is a really good one of learning how to do some activities with children. But then also Sissy Goff, uh, or, um, David yeah. Thompson, and Sissy Goff, you know who they are. They wrote probably a there's a couple that I really like, but raising boys and girls is a great resource for helping parents. And again, helpers, you don't have to be, I've read, read that after my children were already raised, um, but it's been helpful for me as a counselor to read that resource and be able to bring it into the counseling room. So those are just a couple that come to mind. Champ Thornton is another great author who writes a lot of Bible resources for um, kids. I've read some of his and use them as resources for parents as well. 
Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Eliza. Can you tell our listeners the best way to connect with you and to find out more about your work? Sure. So I have a website and it's just my name. It's Eliza Huey and I'll spell that out. It's E-L-I-Z-A-H-U-I-E.com. And you can connect with me there. You can see the other resources I have. I will say that this book, Count Yourself Calm, is published by The Good Book Company. And I'm always a proponent whenever we can support publishers and other Christian distributors. So if you're curious about that book, I would I would go to the the Good Book Company and you can look up Count Yourself Calm or my name. But I'm also on social media and try to share resources actually related to counseling and um, parenting and so forth on my social media pages as well. And it's again, just my name. So if you have my name, you pretty much have a way to, to reach me. That's great. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And listeners, be sure to follow us on Facebook or Instagram at The Bible for Kids. We'd love for you to become a sponsor of The Bible for Kids and learn more about all we're doing to reach kids. You can learn more by visiting us at thebibleforkids.com. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Bible for Kids podcast with Sarah Humphrey and Mike Naraki. Be sure to connect with the Bible for Kids on Instagram, Facebook, and at thebibleforkids.com. The Bible for Kids podcast is powered by the Christian Parenting Podcast Network. Find out more at christianparenting.org. Our show is also available on waynation.com. Christian Parenting.